Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show, Better Than Before, on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Now, before I bring on our terrific guest, I just want to say a quick hello to someone who makes each day for me just a little better than it was before, and that is my producer, Lori Houston. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi, Jane. I'm great. (laughs) Good. So... All of us should make it our goal to look and feel better than before each and every day. And our next guest has been helping support healthier living for as long as I can remember. She is Maria Rodale, the CEO and chairman of Rodale Inc., which is the world's largest independent publisher of health, wellness, and environmental content. You have all read her titles, which include Prevention, Men's Health, Women's Health, and Rodale's Organic Life. And Maria herself has made it her mission to not only champion the benefits of an organic lifestyle, but to also work as an activist to heal people and the planet through food, exercise, and a life of meaning. She has just written a new cookbook, which will be out October 11th. It's called Scratch Home Cooking for Everyone made simple, fun, and totally delicious. And on top of that, on top of that, she is an avid gardener, home cook, blogger, and mother of three daughters. And I'm thrilled to have her here with us today. Welcome to the show, Maria. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, well, you know what, Maria? You have been a household name, your family, for (laughs) decades and decades in my house. You know, my mother was very ahead of her time by believing in organic before organic was cool. Awesome. (laughs) I know, and it was still considered a revolutionary concept. But, you know, your organic roots run much deeper than mine. In fact, (laughs) for for our audience's sake, your family were pioneers in the field and literally in the field. Um, It was started by your grandfather, J.J. Rodale, in 1930, and they launched launched the entire organic movement in America. That's right. That's right. In 1942. And that's amazing. So every time you go to Whole Foods, we have we have you to thank. for. <laughs> I always say if my grandfather would have uh, walked into a Whole, Whole Foods, he would have just, uh, you know, it would just have been amazing to him that um, his little idea could come so far. We have the organic choice now, and for That's you know, true. from decades, if you wanted organic food, you had to grow it yourself. So now That's it's available true. to anyone. That is true. And you know, before we talk about your new book, and I'm I'm not an Iron Chef, but I do know that scratch means not ordering in, right, Maria? <laughs> you don't have to be a chef to cook from scratch. That's for sure. I am not a chef. <laughs> You grew up on an organic farm, as, as we're going to talk yeah. about. And, of course, your family published books, as I just mentioned, magazines about health, food, and fitness, organic gardening, farming. And uh, you were basically, as you just said, the only ones, pretty much the only ones doing it. And prevention was considered a Bible by my mother. Yeah. And now my brother would rather starve than eat anything that tastes remotely like escarole. But I live on <laughs> kale. Right. So, I mean, go figure. So, but you obviously went into it sort of in my direction, correct? <laughs> Everything organic. So what was your childhood like growing up on it? What was it? A 333 acre farm? 
Um, actually, the farm where I grew up, the original organic farm, was only about um, 50 acres. But it was really, um, when I was very little, it was uh, a kind of a kid's paradise dream place because there were baby animals and always stuff growing and cooking and you know my grand my grandparents lived on the farm and my grandmother always had something cooking on the stove and um when it was time to come home for dinner my mother used to beat the car horn um and we'd all come running uh but she um she was Pennsylvania Dutch so we ate a lot of traditional um Pennsylvania um comfort foods uh we weren't like we weren't vegetarian. We weren't "quote unquote" health food um, eaters. We really, you know, sometimes we we ate what was traditionally de- defined as healthy, but mostly we just ate real food from the farm that was grown organically. And and that was um, that's where I got my foundation from. And so over the years, as people were saying, "Oh, you know, don't eat this or don't eat that," or you know, this is the miracle food. I just I always went back in my head and heart to my experience on that farm and just eating real food that was cooked very simply and deliciously and um and I feel like that's what's missing in our lives now is that balance and um but it's you know nobody's perfect there's no one food that's totally evil you know except maybe GMOs but you know. yeah well it's... um but uh you know the most important thing is to eat a diverse array of you know good food made, um, made delicious. And that's and what I'm now, trying to convey with people. But now today, farm to table, all the restaurants that charge, yep. you know, like $55 for an entree, it's always farm to table. And you don't exactly know what farm <laughs> it came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why if you cook it yourself, you know exactly where the food came from. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I went to one of the restaurants here in New York City, and the tomato salad was, you know, like $40. I said, for tomatoes, I go, oh, yes, madame, but they are heirloom tomatoes. They, we, we, we pick them every day from, you know, some farm. So I guess, you know, for... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the benefits of I live in Pennsylvania the majority of the time. I do I do work a lot in New York, but um so I've seen both. I've seen what you've seen. Um but you know, my tomato salad is, you know, I walk out my back door in my bare feet and pick a tomato off the off the vine that, you know, I think the whole plant maybe cost a dollar and I get bushels of tomatoes on it all heirloom and uh that's what I Use to cook with or to eat fresh. So now, now I know that's available to anybody. <laughs> I, I tell you, something. I know. First of all, I know where I'm going to dinner tonight. But I will bring. I grew on my terrace. I grew a cherry tomato. I have one plant, uh-huh. and it suddenly sprouted something. I didn't actually know it was a tomato plant. I thought it was something else, and it grew something red. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is that? And it was a tomato. So, if I were a guest, if you, I would like to bring you a little house gift. <laughs> that would be my tomato. <laughs> <laughs> my my oh, only one contribution to growing anything on my terrace, except once I grew chives, so that was that was about it. But yeah. you know, it's it's interesting, and and you know, obviously the the food industry is it, it's so evolved for for all those years, and and for in all these years, and you know, it used to be years ago that they never thought that uh, food was associated with anything but but gout or indigestion. You know what we mm-hmm. ate. 
And and now that dietary factors and environmental toxins are the determinants mm-hmm. of a multitude of diseases, there are now there is scientific research that that backs yeah. them up. And your yeah. health is what you put in your mouth. And as you say, exactly. your everyday purchases and consumption have a great impact on not only your mind and body but the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They- and and I think what I've what I've seen and learned is that it's a very personal journey for each individual person. So I have a daughter, for example, who um, my oldest daughter who suffered from migraines for years, and um, she finally went to, you know, a, a kind of doctor who tested her for different food sensitivities, and it turns out, you know, gluten was causing her migraine. So she stopped eating gluten and her headaches have gone. So, but I, I can eat gluten. I, I have the same test and I'm not sensitive to it. So um, it really is a personal journey for every person to find out what is it that your body really needs and wants and um, make sure that you give it, give it that and don't give it the things that it doesn't want. Well, that is that is true, and I, I think that although gluten free, I think a lot of the manufacturers are taking advantage of this trend, and they're mm-hmm. offering gluten free. But instead of, you know, it's not only not wheat, but they're putting in, God knows what they put in to to yeah. you know to replace that wheat, uh, all kinds of stuff that may be even worse for you <laughs> than the wheat. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> when you when you really um, uh, read the label on some of the gluten free stuff, it's it's stuff you probably shouldn't be eating. Um, so you have to be very careful, and, and especially if it's not organic. So, for example, in a lot of gluten-free baking mixes, there's tons of cornstarch, but if it's not um, uh, organic, then there's, it's GMO cornstarch. So, um, so you really have to examine everything and make sure you're keeping, um, keeping focused on what's the important thing for you. You know, that's that's another question that I wanted to ask you because today there's so much available and sometimes you wonder because years ago organic meant they're little, you know, wormholes in the apples, yeah. but everything looks so shiny and clean and, and almost like they are sprayed. I mean, what is organic really mean? I, th- I don't think very many people know that. Well, I, um, so organic, first of all, farmers organic farmers have come a long way from those days that you and I remember where, you know, the apples looked pretty bad. Right. Um, there's a, there's a lot of new techniques and technology to help, uh, help farmers grow the best crops and they've evolved. But what, what organic really means is that there's no, um, artificial synthetic toxic chemicals like fertilizers, herbicides, insecticides, there's no GMOs. So if you want to avoid GMOs, you, you know, buy organic and, and you can avoid GMOs. There's also no things like um, uh, irradiation or sewage sludge that's often used as a quote-unquote fertilizer. Um, if, if meat or eggs are organic, it means that the animals have been fed organic food um, they're eating, you know, organic feed, um, and that they haven't had any antibiotics or growth hormones. So it's really, it is the most rigorous um, standards out there in terms of food quality and safety. And um, and farms that are certified organic with the USDA certification have to be inspected annually. So there's actually USDA 
authorized inspectors going to that farm and looking at the paperwork and, you know, testing things and saying, okay, yes, you're following these rules. And, and that doesn't happen to any other kind of farm anywhere. You can do, you know, you can basically do whatever you want. See, that's nice. That's really good to know because sometimes I, I think that, you know, the boxes come in for conventional and organic and they sort of mix, oh, what is this? Oh, that should be, hmm, I think that's organic, you know, and who knows because mm-hmm. they both look the same. So it's nice to know mm-hmm. that there really is a a guarantee behind organic that it there that is. it really is. So that is that's very... the strictest guarantee that exists around the world, actually. So should we buy everything organic? Are there some things that maybe um, we can get away with not organic? Because unfortunately, it's also more expensive a lot of times, you know. With... Um, it's not, you know, it's it's not as different in price anymore as it used to be. And the, the way I look at it is, you know, are you going to pay now or pay later? Right, <laughs> um, true. Pay now for a little bit more for food, but then you have, you know, fewer medical bills, fewer health issues. Um, I try to buy everything organic but there's some things you know that you can't find and I either avoid them or um, or you know make you know eat in moderation but obviously when you're traveling when you're going out to eat at a restaurant you can't avoid non-organic food Um, so that's why to me it's so important to learn how to cook at home where you can control and decide what kind of food you want to put in your body that's true, and that's why I'm coming to dinner at your house. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm still learning. I have a review copy of your book called Scratch. Great title. So I'm learning slowly how to cook at home because I do not come from a family, let's say, of chefs. And you know, my mother would like occasionally make dinner, and she would dim the lights because she didn't want us to see that she actually burned like applesauce. So. <laughs> I don't have this great, you know, it was not passed down from generation to generation. Let's just put it that way. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a chef. I am not a chef. I'm a cook. And, you know, my mother wasn't the perfect cook either. And, you know, but at least she did cook. And I think you're more common than you realize. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, people, men and women have grown up with parents who didn't cook because, you know, it was the era of industrialized you know, packaged food where, you know, it's easier not to cook. But, you know, what, what I realized um, was actually I was making crackers because I was really um, hungry for crackers and I didn't feel like going to the store. I think it was really cold out. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to figure out how to make crackers. And what I realized is like, first of all, it's super easy. In fact, my blog is called, you know, how to make crackers. It's freaking easy, <laughs> which is, you know, gone viral. Um, it takes like, half an hour to make crackers and when you eat them you realize oh my god every cracker I've ever bought in a box is stale Um, so what it made me realize is that you know advertising the whole point of advertising is to convince you to buy something and what they do to convince you to buy it is say that um, you know oh it's easier it's quicker it tastes better and you know I buy stuff so I'm i I'm not opposed to advertising or to buying stuff um, and the convenience. I'm, I'm, I use a lot of packaged products myself, but um, the point is you can make it from scratch and it's going to taste amazing and it's going to be a lot easier than you ever thought possible. 
See now you're you've you've become my hero because you're a top female executive. You run a, a hugely successful corporation. You have three children and you make your own crackers. I mean, not all the time. Really, not all the time. <laughs> a couple times a year. It doesn't matter. Even if it's a couple of times, that's a couple of times more than I make my own crackers. What can I tell you? This is like you've blown me away with that comment. So, but how do you? I mean, and they don't look. They don't look pretty. They're not going to like look like. You know, Martha Stewart made them. Let's put it that way. But they're going to taste really good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that you actually make your cracker. Well, did when your kids bring their friends home from school, I mean, are they all like, do they all just want to come to your house for, I mean, for food? Because um, it seems so much better I, than I, anybody else's I, house. I, I am very popular with my kids' friends. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I'm sure I feed a lot of people in my house. <laughs> That, that, that's yes, absolutely. Now, but I love it. I love it. I mean, to me, like when kids, you know, come and they are trying new foods or they just like are devouring, you know, that to me is like the best feeling in the world. That's better than, you know, um, anything that happens at work. So how I, do I like work. How do you know, but my kids went to school. They went to actually to private schools here. And, you know, the lunch is like fried bologna balls. And I mean, how do you, it, it, I couldn't believe they would come home. And here I was all about organic and health food and all that. And I even wrote a book called Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner of Champions, where I interviewed athletes, you know, what they ate to stay in shape. Uh-huh. And I went to the school and I said, can we not have this totally disgusting lunch? And they go, well, we're not the ones to, to give them, you know, brown rice that has to start at home. So I reached, mm-hmm. it was very, very difficult. I mean, kids are, are grown now, but I, and when you're a grandparent, I have little uh, identical twins who are five. You give them everything. Aww. I mean, oh, you want yeah. like ice cream, good humor at, you know, 10 a.m. <laughs> sure. Do you want a gummy bears? Why not? You know, anything they want. <laughs> but I never did that with, with my children. But how mm-hmm. do you monitor? I mean, your children's uh, lunches, I'm sure you send them to school and stuff, right? <laughs> or you sent them. No, actually I don't because... Um, you know, when I grew up there, it was a little schizophrenic because, you know, my dad really wanted everything to be, you know, my grandfather wrote a book called sugar in the criminal mind, you know? So like, but yet my mother was a traditional Pennsylvania Dutch cook. So she, you know, be making pies and chocolate cake. And, um, so there was a lot of like conflicted messages in my growing up. And I realized yeah, it was actually when I married um, into my um, Italian in-law family, and both of my in-laws, um, uh, you know, my mother-in-law is still alive at 95, oh, wow. and my father-in-law just passed away at 94, and they ate all you know cookies for breakfast and cookies for lunch yeah. and cookies for dinner, and you know, but then a good Italian food and. It made me realize, you know, it's not so much um, exactly what you eat or being vigilant. It's really about the energy that you bring to it and the joy that you take in it and the care of, you know, sitting down together at a meal and enjoying each other's company. So it's not the end of the world if your kids go off to school and eat, you know, a fried bologna ball. (laughs) It's not going to kill them. But what you want to do is bring people along with you and, you know, um, and, and welcome everyone and start where, start where people are. And, and so, I mean, I am too busy to care too much about what my kids are eating at lunch at school. That's the school's job, you know, but I, I do care what they eat at home. 
and w- what I make for them there. So now, how do you combine it all? How do you do everything? Now you have children of different ages. I was reading your oldest and youngest daughter. They're what fourteen years apart. So you have a little one. No, you have an older one. More, or no, I have a ten-year-old. Yes, a nineteen-year-old and a thirty-four-year-old. Oh my goodness. I'm about to become a grandmother also. <laughs> See, I, 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 I can't do math, so I figure that's... I've stopped counting, but it's a lot of distance between them. Wow. My first and my little one are 11 years, and I thought that was a lot, but wow. You beat, you beat me on that one. Oh, my goodness. So, I so mean, I've seen... I've, I've seen the whole world change, and you know, because when my 34 year old was a baby, you couldn't get anything organic, and then when my 10 year old was a baby, it's like everything was organic. So that that was nice to see that change happen. Oh wow, I'm impressed with that. So the grand when you become a grandmother, uh, I'm a glammy, just so you know, in case you want to use a name that I have coined. <laughs> you you can have that. I was a little bit like, well, I'm not sure about that the R part in there, but um, but you do. You tend to be a little more. Um, in fact, I had given them chocolate cake for dinner, and of course, their mother, they're my my son and, and daughter in law's children, but they came up. And and my one of the girls was a little sick to her stomach, and my daughter-in-law said, "Oh, it, was that spinach that she just <laughs> spit up?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mention that she had sort of devoured half a chocolate cake <laughs> in front of me. I was, I was kind of appalling to mention that. Right? Well, my 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 secret plan is to feed my grandchild bananas because my daughter and her husband refuse to eat bananas, so. I'm like oh, really? going for bananas. <laughs> okay, that's good. That sounds we'll like see. a plan. We'll <laughs> That'll last for about, you know, five minutes. <laughs> so, right. a little bit more than that, right? But um, so let's talk about your book. I have it in front of me. I have a review copy. It's really, it's wonderful. And it looks just so delicious inside, I have to tell oh, you. It, you. It's just wonderful. And I love what you say, that you encourage readers to roll up their sleeves, see the kitchen as a place to experiment, learn, you know, make a damn mess, laugh about it. Um, that's great. I mean, I think that's yeah. what you should right? So, so was it fun compiling all of these recipes and trying them? And I should have been there to try them all. <laughs> Next book, oh, I... There, <laughs> just so you it's know. totally, it's totally fun. It, um, we have a, a thing in my house when um, I'm working on a recipe for a blog. You know, I'll make it, and then I always I have to take a picture of it before we eat it. You know, just in case, and then I say, is it blog worthy? And you know, sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> More often than you would think, the answer is no. You know, it's like it's good, but it's not blog worthy. But um, so, so the blog-worthy ones make it onto the blog, and they made made them into the book. And um, I, I have to say, the the most stressful chapter for me was the baking chapter because I was not a natural baker, so I had to, you know, um, take some, you know, lessons with some friends, and and uh, and. Uh, but I'm happy with how that came out as well. Ah, yeah, I'm I'm impressed. When I first got married, I decided to make some very simple dish from from my husband, and I must have I think it was like a steak, and I must have slammed the oven so hard that the steak fell behind in a pipe, and we could never find it for years. It was missing. I opened the oven. I said, "What happened?" You know, so he has not since that day has not trusted my cooking. Now, if I made dessert. <laughs> 
I think he would have a whole different view of me. <laughs> that was many, many years ago. We still haven't found the stake. Um, oh, my gosh. So I love the way the book is divided because it makes it really easy. Rise and shine because you are a big fan of eggs. I, I, uh-huh. I read. And, you know, salad days and noodle love, super soups, sandwiches, the main thing, sideshows, yep. bake sale. There you go with the bake sale. And um, I think there it makes it so much easier and organized when you have all that in front of you. And you can go from, you know, from, from morning till night uh, with mm-hmm. all of your recipes and I especially like the crispy skin salmon with herb dressing that I'm going to try oh yeah um, that's really good that looks really easy good. yeah super easy it looks like it's yeah. sitting on mashed potatoes is it sitting on mashed potatoes it is sitting on mashed potatoes which is the perfect companion for any kind of um, fish I think so perfect companion um, for anything now do you use like butter and stuff you use like whole yeah. milk and and that right yeah. none of that skim yeah, stuff no and actually you know this is where like i learned to trust my gut early on and say okay you know okay there's milk and now everybody's talking about skim milk and uh or there's butter and everybody's saying margarine and um but it doesn't it just didn't logically make sense to me and um and then when I did the research for my book, Organic Manifesto, I found out like how, you know, the industry kind of created these substitutes to kind of um, convince people to buy more different things. And, um, and then now the studies are, sh- are coming out that um, butter isn't actually that bad for you. Whole milk is much better for you than skim milk. So, you know, just use real food. You know, if it's milk, use real milk. <laughs> if right? you need, you know. Um, there's no substitute for butter because butter is amazing. <laughs> right. Butter goes with everything. Um, I mean, you can, um, well, yeah, I mean, you can use other fats and you should use other fats depending on what you're making. Um, I even have lard in my book, which um, is a natural organic fat, uh, depending on the source of the, the pig. So. Right. But of course, but you have... You have good pigs. <laughs> you have healthy pigs in your farm. I try to find good pigs. <laughs> you are the best pigs. I mean, we don't just want any pig if you're going to have lard. But, but you know, when they when they extend, when they put like margarine and they put it's also uh, now they're having hydrogenating fat. I mean, you shouldn't eat that for your heart. That's a that's a complete no no. And all the sugar substitutes that yeah, no, um, no substitutes. Don't just eat everything in moderation, but eat the real thing. And preferably organic, and you'll be fine. And then also, it's it's about your emotions, um, you know, and and your attitude about things. I think has is, is as important to your health as what you eat. Um, but also, exercise is super important. I mean, if you actually exercise is probably more important um, than food in terms of longevity. But emotions are even more important than those two things combined. Right. I, I went to a doctor. I used to live in Paris. I went to a doctor and he would tell me, you know, an, a, a, a naturopath. And as you know, they believe in that long before we even believed in it here. And he said, it doesn't matter what you eat. You could eat a carrot, but if it doesn't have a friendly environment, you know, to digest yeah. it in, it's not going to do you any good at all. So mm-hmm. I think that's so important with what you said. You have to be emotionally um, friendly in your digestive system, if that's the way to describe yeah. it. Because if not, yeah. it doesn't matter what you eat. You know, it turns to acid. Right. And, you know, I again, growing up in this whole movement, I've seen a lot of people live a long time that were technically healthy 
but we're not happy people. And they surround, you know, they created unhealthy unhappiness around them. And ultimately, I think what all of us should strive for is to leave the world better (laughs) and leave people happier and um, to be happy and healthy ourselves. So um, I really, you know, switched the focus here at Rodell Inc. to include happiness a lot more and love because that's, you know, and it's hard to feel happy and loved if you're hungry. Oh, so that's where that, a good that meal comes in. Saying. Oh, it, but it, it's a combination of all. It's, you know, as you said, yeah. it's eating right, it's exercise, it's thinking, you know, it's body, mind, and spirit. You have to, everything exactly. has to be in sync. And that's what makes mm-hmm. you healthy, not just one or the other, because you can live on kale and, and mm-hmm. that's not healthy if, if your mind right. is not in the right place, you know? So right. do you have, um, when you wake up in the morning, I mean, you have so much to do. How do you get your day started? Well, you eat eggs, that I know. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I'm very strict yes. because I get really crabby if I, if I don't do this. I have two good, strong black coffee cup, cups of black coffee. And it's like if I don't have that, like sitting quietly, you know, on a couch, I can be super miserable. Um, but once I, you know, once I have that and I like it reaches my veins and I, you know, probably make a little list of all the things I want to do that day, I then I'm... I'm uh, I'm good to go, and uh, and it depends. You know, if I have time for eggs, I'll eat eggs. If I don't have time, I'll eat you know some fruit or a piece of cheese. Um, uh, it depends where I am and what I'm doing. But um, lunch is important. But I tend to also eat a good big dinner, and then I like to go to bed at a reasonable hour. But I'll stay up late for special things. Now, do you? Um exercise or do you just running around every day is enough to um i don't do like any one thing obsessively i do yoga i've been doing yoga for um 20 years but not obsessive yoga um i walk a lot i love to garden and um you know actually plant planting plants and trees is one of my favorite things like digging and moving rocks around um i love that (laughs) Oh. <laughs> if I didn't do what I would do, I'd probably be a landscaper. Um, and uh, we can add that to the list. It's very easy. I'll just I'll just go back in the intro and say landscaper. That's not hard. There's enough there already. <laughs> I didn't want it to take up the whole intro, so I had to cut it down. There's a lot more, everyone, to what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, I don't um, I don't do any. You know, I'm not like a obsessive runner or cyclist or any any other thing. We have we own Runners World. Ma- magazine and bicycling magazine. So I'm surrounded by a lot of those people and I think it's great and they love it, but um, I'm, I don't do that. Well, you have, you have enough with, with doing whatever you do, you do it. Um, yeah. When I'm in the city, I'll walk, you know, five miles a day and just be very happy doing that. And you also have an apple festival each year, right? Yeah. Yes. Next weekend, this weekend coming up. The, the Rodell Institute is a nonprofit that has done the longest running scientific research on organic versus um, conventional agriculture, and we've proven that organic is better in so many ways. And we've also proven that organically farmed soil stores carbon and can actually um, reverse climate change if we switch to organic farming. Uh, but Saturday is the Apple Festival, and that's just like a fun family day. We have apple orchards. It's um, pick your own apples. 
um, we have organic hot dogs and all kinds of great food. And I'm actually doing a book signing this Saturday. Oh, wow. And your book is out October 11th or before? Yes. Oh, it's out October, October 11th. 11th. But there so, are a few copies for the Apple Fest. So, Maria. Early copy. Uh, oh, well, I have an early copy. I'm very privileged, everyone, because I had to see, I had to try the recipes so I could talk to you in- intelligently. And yes, they work, Excellent. I have to say. And they're easy. They are easy Yay. and they're fun. So it's Good. everything that, that um, you know, I've had guests on the show. I've had Iron Chefs and I had uh, magazine editors and they sort of give me cooking lessons. It's like, okay, well, you boil the water and... <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I've passed along my cooking knowledge to my son, who said he, he would, wasn't feeling well one day, and he was in his apartment, and he called and says, Mom, what should I do? I said, well, I have some chicken soup. So he went out, and he bought a can of soup, right? And he put it in the pan, and, or in the pot, I assume. And then he called back, and he goes, Mom, it's not heating up. I said, did you turn it on? So he had forgotten to turn on the light. So <laughs> a little, a little missing. Well, we all have to start somewhere. We all I know. Start somewhere. So, so he learned how to make soup that very day it was an accomplishment i think right so how would you say if we're if we want to begin to live an organic lifestyle what is the first thing that we should do to begin our journey um i would say start in your supermarket and um or you know wherever you start with the things that you love and do all the time and um like if you when it comes to food, you know, take the things that you love to eat and switch them to organic. You know, when it comes to, um, you know, your yard or your home, switch to non-toxic, you know, or organic ingredients. Um, but, you know, food is always a great place to start. And um, you don't have to change what you eat or how you eat. You just have to change the ingredient to be organic. And, um, Pay attention. You'll notice a difference. I I swear you'll notice a difference in you know a, a week or two, in terms of how you feel, and the kind of energy you have, and and the kind of um, vitality that you feel. You'll feel it. And you also have to th- be happier. And I think that makes you, I think if you're not feeling well, you're not happy. And I think this is exactly. all, you know, adding to your mental, um, you know, that your state of mind, as you said, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, and, and it all works Yeah, together. I mean, if you've, if you've ever seen a non-organic pig and how it's raised versus an organic pig, I mean, it is so sad. It, you know, those pigs are miserable and unhappy, and, and that's the food. That's the energy you're eating when you eat um, an or you know a non-organic pork chop. And um, like, I always say, when you're eating organic, you're eating happiness because any farmer who has switched from chem- chemical or conventional to organic will tell you everything's happier. The, the plants are happier. The animals are happier. The farm family is happier they would never go back. That's well said. I'm never going to eat bacon again unless I know it comes from a happy pig, period. <laughs> well, keep... having said that, I do <laughs> bacon that's not organic so true confessions <laughs> true confession well I, every once in a while i say i'm never gonna eat anything with eyes or parents or a, or a heartbeat and then that lasts for about you know 10 minutes but so. you know the research about vegetables is they have feelings too so you know so like everything is alive and everything eats so i i don't believe in you know um 
making hard and fast rules, but I do believe in happiness. Well, I'm coming to your house. Honestly, I am coming to your house. I will have happy food. And it sounds like it's a wonderful, happy atmosphere. And you, I have to say, have the most infectious laugh. You are just so delightful. Honestly, it's Thank such a you. joy to, I mean, the time just, it just went by so quickly because Thank you are you so just much. And you have an open invitation to my house. Delightful <laughs> guest. Well, d- d- believe me, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me on this one. I, I'm going to be there. So, Maria, awesome. where can we find more about your book and um, and about you as well? Okay, so you can find my book um, on at scratchcookbook.com or anywhere books are sold. And um, you can find me on um, rodellsorganicliving.com. And there's a box called Buy Maria. That's where I've moved my blog from... Maria's Farm Country Kitchen to um, uh, Rodell's Organic Life. But um, if you type in Maria's Farm Country Kitchen, you'll find me there too. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You are a true delight. It's my pleasure to speak with you, and you're wonderful too. So thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Mutual admiration. And we're all very happy (laughs) and happy that you have been with us. And thank you all for listening. We're very happy that you are listening as well. And thank you, Lori, as always. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.